0: Views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and contributors, and not necessarily those of WFSU Public Media.
1: What's the 411? You turned in the 411 Team, a weekly program for teens, families, and other interested folks. 411 Team provides a forum to examine and discuss various issues and events that confront intersect, and often interrupt our daily lives. Tap into the pulse of today's young progressive student activists on this edition of 411 Teen featuring SDS, Students for a Democratic Society, FSU chapter. I'm Dr. Liz Hollyfield, and joining me via the Zoom platform, I welcome, and I'll start with Cass, and just you all go down the list and just introduce yourselves, please.
2: Hi, Dr. Hollyfield. Thanks for having us on. Uh, My name is Cass. My pronouns are they, them, um, and I am the former president of SDS at FSU. Um, I've been involved for about uh, five years now, so thanks for having us back on. Yes,
1: you're always welcome. uh, Joelle?
3: Uh, My name is Joelle. I use they, she pronouns, and I'm the current president of SDS. Yeah, i i haven't been I haven't been as active as long as Cass is like <laughs> the wrap up of like my third semester here, but
1: but you're active, and that's what's important. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Catherine.
4: Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Catherine. Um, I go by Gathi, uh that's my nickname, and
1: yeah, I'm the secretary for SDS, and I started doing activist work with SDS last year.
0: Uh, Elijah. Hi. Um. Yeah. Thank you for for having us on, uh, Dr. Holyfield. Uh, my name is Elijah. I'm a senior at FSU and I'm a member of SDS. Okay.
1: And we have one more, right?
4: Yeah. Hi. My name is Tavian. I am the current vice president of FSU SDS. Um. I've been involved with FSU SDS since uh, my junior year of uh, college. college. FSU. Um, And I want to thank you again so much for having us on.
1: Well, I always like to have you.
4: I like to get your
1: perspectives and your take on the events at hand. Welcome to you all. Students for a Democratic Society is a national student organization in the United States, initially started during the 1960s. A democratic society favors equal rights, freedom of speech, and fair trial a society where minorities have a voice. Students for a Democratic Society describe themselves as a progressive organization of student activists intent on building a strong movement to defend our rights to education and stand up against budget cuts, to oppose racism, sexism, and homophobia, and to denote a war. SDS has thousands of supporters and over 25 chapters. So again, I am very glad to have you here. Republicans have attacked elite universities with critiques of what qualifies as free speech on campus. It came to a head last week on Capitol Hill. Three presidents, University of Pennsylvania, Harvard, and MIT struggled to answer questions about calling the genocide of Jews would violate school rules. University of Penn's president, Liz McGill, has resigned. Do you feel the responses were hateful and intolerant and institutional anti-Semitism and hate? Are they the poison of fruits of these institutions? My question, really, to you, is the defense of academic freedom and open expression contradictory to the fight against anti-Semitism? It just opens up a whole can of worms. So we'll just start with that and go from there. So feel free. How do you feel about this and what's happening on campus um, here at FSU. Um Cass, I know you, so I'll start with you. I always put you in the hot seat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's okay. Okay. Um yeah, I think um what's <laughs> I think it's interesting, um, because really the issue that's at hand here, right, is the is the ongoing, you know, ethnic cleansing and oppression of Palestinians. Um in Gaza and across Palestine as a whole. I mean, I think the reason that we're seeing um, talks of anti-Semitism uh, in college campuses, you know, specifically the ones that you mentioned, um, and even at FSU, is because there has been a trend over the past, you know, I want to say few decades um, to equate criticism of Israel or anti-Zionism with Anti-Semitism. Um, mm-hmm. there's this false narrative pushed mm-hmm. mostly by Israel itself, right? And taken up by Israel's defenders, um, that any criticism of the state of Israel is equal to hatred of Jewish people. Um, you know, and I think we should start out by completely denying that um and recognizing it as the falsehood that it is, um, criticizing a specific government with that on purpose you know entwines itself with jewish identity is not the same as a hatred of jewish people um there are plenty of jews across the world and you know even on fsu's campus who denounce israel right and so i think um recognizing where that claim is even coming from is really important
0: yeah i would like to um piggyback on on what Cass has said regarding how um Uh, people and especially institutions uh, are accusing people of anti-semitism not based off of a genuine um uh i guess a a genuine rise in anti-semitism but just to shut down um debate and shut down uh conversation around the question of universities supporting israel and Mm -hmm. supporting israel's ethnic cleansing and genocide in um, palestine and um there's, there's, there's figures that, that really call to light this hypocrisy. So one is, is Ron DeSantis, right? Uh Ron DeSantis has encouraged, um, neo-Nazis in the state of Florida. Uh, Ron DeSantis has, um, associated with people who are associates of the, the neo-Nazi movement in Florida. And at the same time, um, he's really pushing for, um, censorship around the, uh, the students supporting Palestine. So Ron DeSantis has um, delisted Students for Justice in Palestine in the state of Florida, undemocratically uh, done so. Um, so Palestinian students can't support their their um, their mm-hmm. their friends and family in in Palestine, and people cannot demand justice on this particular issue. And he's done nothing to, um, yeah, he's done nothing to. Uh, Shut down the the actual rise of far-right anti-semitism and and nazism and and that's no accident Um, the Santa's Conflating Palestinian pro-palestinian students as anti-semites while encouraging genuine anti-semites shows us that around the country and in florida specifically um, People are conflating anti-zionism and Mm anti-israel sentiment with anti-semitism purposefully to shut down people's right to criticize Israel's ethnic cleansing.
1: Israel responded to the horrific attack on October 7th um, by Hamas with with relentless military assault on Gaza. And that fueled the question of is anti-Zionism by definition, anti-Semitism, and the question basically, and you all are, are agreeing, it seems like it's shaken the country's campuses all over. Um, you know that even even in the presidential debate, um, if I'm thinking, correct me if I'm wrong, but Nikki Haley, who's South Carolina's governor, said, "If you don't think Israel," has a right to exist, that's anti-Semitic. According to the Anti-Defamation League, Zionism is the denial of rights to one people. Now, you all, that's the way I understand it. Now, you all correct me. And Palestinians, therefore, who oppose the Jewish state, need I say... Where that puts them I, i'm just trying to kind of make sure i've got everything c- correct did i say anything incorrectly
0: uh I, I was just saying yeah i think i think what you said is 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 correct especially the part um on uh that the the defining a state as a mm-hmm. jewish state mm-hmm. and granting jewish people from around the world even if you um your family lives in in um Brooklyn um to have a right of return to your quote-unquote homeland Mm -hmm. in Israel and at the same time uh as you said yeah the the Palestinians um Palestinian Muslims Christians uh, exist they're they're not Jewish right so they Mm -hmm. exist outside of the definition of the Jewish state so that's fundamentally exclusionary to um those groups of people especially when you have millions, almost 7 million Palestinian refugees across the world that aren't granted the right of return, that international law guarantees them a right of of refugees displaced by war, the, the right to return. Mm-hmm. But people who have never faced conflict and have no connection to the state of Israel, well, living in the United States perhaps, are granted that right because yeah. the state defines itself as a Jewish state that excludes people from mm-hmm. o- of other nationalities and religious groups um, to have uh, e- right. equal rights in that state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that is a good uh, uh, definition of, of why uh, you should be critical of, of Zionism as a, like a state-making ideology.
1: Okay, because that right to return applies to all Jewish folks, right?
0: Correct. Okay. Yep.
1: All right. Just want to make sure that I understood it clearly because I, that's what I was thinking. That the right to return says no matter as long as you're Jewish, you can return to Israel. I wonder if I was Jewish, could I return? Yeah. If, if I become if
2: Jewish,
3: <laughs> I just wondered. You I... don't even have to be Jewish. You can just say, like, they have a program for getting um, a Sephardic, Jew- or former mm-hmm. Sephardic Jew essentially people that have been Catholic for generations, right. that even if they suspect that they have Jewish ancestry, the state of Israel will give you, um, you know, will let you emigrate. You don't even have to commit to converting to Judaism. You could just make a claim about Jewish heritage and they'll let anyone in. Okay, let me ask you to hold
1: your thoughts. We start talking, I didn't pay any attention to the clock. We got to take a quick break, okay. 411. If you're just tuning in, I'm Dr. Liz Hollyfield, and this edition of 411 Teen is talking with members of SDS, Students for a Democratic Society. Um, I know I had to just cut you off very quickly. Was there anything else that you wanted to share or say? Um, And I'm going to pay attention to the clock from now on. Oh, goodness. I know we were talking about right to return. Anything you want to, to share about that? It does seem like if anyone voices any support for the Palestinian for people, that then they are termed as as anti-Semitic. However, you know what happened today? Very interesting. This is the first time that the president, uh, President Biden, has had his he had his sharpest rebuke. And he said that Israel was was losing the world's support. He was speaking after President, the Prime Minister Netanyahu, said that he would not allow the Palestinian authority to take over Gaza after the war. And President Biden responded by saying that Israel is losing support. And he says he he says rebuffing you know he's rebuffing Netanyahu's plans for pro, post-war Gaza
0: um that's a big switch yeah it is a, a big switch <laughs> um i i i think first uh, we should be sober about um joe biden's remarks mm-hmm. uh, joe biden you know is is a long-time been a supporter of israel and have stood by them while they've carried out this this genocide on the Palestinians. So I think that Joe Biden does have you know blood blood on his hands but what this this does say is that um, Israel's support around the world, not just in the US but in Europe um, uh, is 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 crumbling. before October 7th, um, there was a trend of normalization where Arab uh, leaders in, in Saudi Arabia, we're ignoring um, Israeli uh, human rights issues, and we're making a business and, and military deals with Israel. Most of the, the 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 normalizing deals has have gone out the window. Um, countries in Europe um, who were Israel's allies, um, such as Spain, are now harshly um, criticizing the state of Israel, um, and. Uh, the, the Minister of Human Rights in Spain or the former Minister of Human Rights um, called what they were doing a, in in very simple terms, a genocide. So what, what we're seeing is all of Israel's allies around the world um, are beginning to... Uh, it, that support is beginning to crumble. And Israel is not a country that has the... Um, it, that has the ability to exist without support from the us and other allies if we cut off aid to israel um israel cannot build its its weapons that they use to bomb the palestinians and so forth so these comments from biden i think represent a real worry Mm. from the us that um israel's uh actions are threatening us relationships with countries like saudi arabia and egypt and so on And eventually we're going to have to make a decision whether or not we want to continue this relationship with Israel or have peaceful dialogue with all the other nations in in the Middle East and in Africa and and, in nations that that are condemning uh, what Israel is doing. So that that represents, I think, a a weakness um, in the state of Israel uh, right now.
1: You know, but what does that say? Because there's a... Brutal death toll among the Palestinians, civilians. I mean, they can't deny this. It's reported that over 18,000 Palestinians are dead. Okay. I don't see, I mean, you all just had to explain to me, I don't see how they can even justify. I mean, what Hamas did was horrific. It was a horrific attack. By note, without any doubt, it was awful. But eighteen thousand comments. What do you, what do you all think? I mean, this it's a brutal death toll. What is? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just almost it's incomprehensible that that this is happening.
4: Yeah, it's really <laughs> horrific, and I I myself cannot comment on the geopolitical nature of this as well as elijah can but um you know we in the u.s and not just the u.s around the world the people around the world are seeing the mm-hmm. atrocities that israel is committing um it's it's beyond eighteen thousand; it rises yep. every day I've... um you know last i saw it was 22 000 and nine thousand children oh, murdered yeah. by murdered by the state of israel and so uh, at a certain point um the lies that israel is telling people that these um you know saying that hamas has committed horrible acts and p- palestinian liberation forces have committed horrible acts against um uh these like they they're just creating lies that people have uh people have seen through they've come out as uh, uh false and so people are catching on to the fact that israel and the us are completely lying about the situation. And we can see that the support for for Palestine and Palestinians is growing in the U.S. and across the world. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are flooding the streets. I mean, here in Tallahassee, um, SDS has been um, leading and also co-sponsoring events that have had hundreds of people turn out in support of Palestinians. So I really do think that um, the solidarity with Palestinians is growing and it's not going anywhere.
1: I mean, and in addition to the U.S. being the sole vote against ceasefire, I mean, everybody else vote. I think what was it, 11th? and the United States had the sole vote against ceasefire. What is the problem with ceasefire? What are what is the? Explain to me what is going on. Why we are opposed to and Netanyahu is supposed to to cease fire. Are there well, advantages, disadvantages? I mean just lay those out for the listening audience. So we know.
2: Absolutely. Um I think uh to be completely honest and to lay it all out on the table, um Netanyahu and you know the Israeli state don't want a ceasefire because what they actually want is the complete eradication of all Palestinians. Uh Um, And I think it's important for us to note that this didn't start on October 7th. You know, regardless of what happened on October 7th, this has been going on for almost 100 years. Um, You know, since the the, uh, occupation or the creation of the State of Israel in 1948 and even before that, uh, you know zionist forces were invading palestine and in 1948 alone they displaced more than 750,000 palestinians that number is is unfathomable unfathom, that's almost a million people displaced in one year um with the with the creation of the israeli state right so i think um why people are becoming so passionate about this issue isn't just because in the past two months, 20,000 plus people have died. It's because they're finally realizing, and and we've seen this in our own membership, right, in, in students that we see in passing, you know, when we're tabling, that people are finally realizing what's going on. Um, because the U.S. and Israel have such strong ties to each other. The U.S. is really the main country propping Uh up Israel, you know, our Uh tax dollars pay for their healthcare system, our tax dollars pay for their military, right? It pays for everything. Um, And because uh, we have such ties with Israel, you know, we've been told these lies our entire lives about how Israel is, you know, the one true homeland for Jewish people and how, you know, it's, it's this like almost magical place, you know, this Uh like peaceful project when in reality they have hundreds of thousands of lives that they've taken over the past 75 years. Um, And I think that realization is what's making people so passionate about this, right? And why they're so insistent in calling for a ceasefire and even going beyond the call for a ceasefire, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, we want a ceasefire, but we saw a few weeks ago, the ceasefire didn't really do anything, right? Right. Like, that's a short-term solution, and what we want, and what most Palestinians want is the liberation of their people, right? And that can't exist as long as the occupation does.
1: Other comments? I haven't heard from Catherine or Dwell or Tavian. Where do you all sit on this?
3: Okay, hold on. I'm trying to... So, right, the question was, you know, you're like, how do you feel about...
1: Well, just what Cass has said. I mean, Israel has been condemned for cruel, extreme genocide. That's where these protests and demonstrations are coming from, and they're worldwide. Um, As I think about it, the criticism of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu... Is, is soaring. I mean, it's even come to to the attention that Israel was paying Hamas to de-escalate conflicts. Now, I don't know if you all have heard that, but I heard that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> okay, all right, so I'm, you know, what are your thoughts? What's going on? I mean, how do we address this? Is there a military solution to this conflict between Israel and Hamas? I mean, where is it going? I mean, it doesn't seem like, it seems like it's continuing and continuing and that Israel plans to continue. I mean, they can't, I guess they plan, I don't know what they plan, but it seems like they plan to continue till all the Palestinians are gone. I mean, because if if they stop, that doesn't change that doesn't change the feelings. That doesn't change all the egregious stuff that has happened to Palestinians. Yeah. I mean, what's the answer? I guess I'm asking you. Does a ceasefire make sense?
3: Is Me it realistic? Uh,
1: I mean, how I do think, we uh, how do we end this? Okay, I'm through. <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
3: <laughs> So ultimately, the state of Israel and the reason why they're not going to stop is because the state of Israel, um, its existence relies upon a very uh, inconvenient political truth and that it's built on the oppression of Palestinians. The same way the United States Mm -hmm. was built on the genocide of Native Americans, Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the state of Israel is essentially doing that with the Palestinians. But the thing is that, you know, the The Palestinians still exist. They still have the the will mm-hmm. to fight back because they, you know, they don't. They're not being removed peacefully, and uh, for Israel that is very inconvenient to their project. It not only, you know, uh, makes this like a huge humanitarian issue, but it also impedes their um, plans of like expansion, being sort of like a superpower in the Middle East. And so the only real solution to this, I think, is to have a a single um, multi-ethnic Palestinian state the way it was before, essentially, before the institution of the state of Israel. You know, Jews, Muslims, Christians all lived without conflict until the start of of the Zionist state building project, because now it, it isn't just... Oh, we're you know, we're all Palestinians, we're all living in Palestine. Now it's, you know, my people are going, I need land. My people are going to kick your people out of their homes so so we can bring more people in. And that's just fundamentally flawed. The state of Israel is fundamentally flawed, and I just don't think there can be peace as long as it continues with that as its purpose. All right.
1: Okay, but do you think it's? Do you think that all these factions can go? Go ahead. I didn't, hear you. I didn't hear you. Go right ahead. Oh, do you think that my? Do you think that it's realistic to think all these different factions can live together? I mean, I know they did a long time ago, but. This is 2023. Do you think that's possible today? I mean, is that is that realistic?
0: I I think it is realistic. Um and, and that's cuz I think that the 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 media and the way mm-hmm. that um people talk about this issue in the US, mm-hmm. even a lot of like well-meaning people who are pro Palestinian, mm-hmm. Um, there's a disconnect from that and the reality of this issue and how it's talked about amongst Palestinians. Uh, This conflict is not a uh, um, uh, religious conflict Uh -uh. of Muslims against Jews. Uh There's many Palestinian Christians, and there's many Christians who are fervent Zionists more so than than Jewish people. And there's many Jewish people who support Palestine and, and so forth. This, this is a fundamental question about um, the occupation and stealing of land and um, the right to people who are from that land to claim sovereignty over it. And we've seen this in, in many examples. So in apartheid South Africa, um, in Vietnam when it was occupied by the French and there's a puppet government and set up uh, by the Americans. There was many fears Right. That Mm -hmm. where people said, oh, okay, we let the Vietnamese have sovereignty over all of this land. Well, what happens? Do they um, become communist and all the spheres around that or in apartheid South Africa? There was people who disingenuously had positions that were "Okay, well, we get rid of apartheid. Well, then the, the blacks and the whites fight each other and and." Things like that well, that's not what happened there's obviously still, there's still issues, issues with in a, there. in a, yeah okay. there's still issues in South yeah, Africa very much but so. the, the the South Africa today is un like without any question magnitudes more just and fair than it was under yeah. uh, apartheid and the, the the and there's still white people there who are living in um you know relative security in, in South Africa. And if anything, the, the in South Africa, uh, black people, indigenous to, to South Africa, are the ones that are still feeling the negative impacts of apartheid. So I think this idea that, that stems from many, uh, that's, a, that's sort of a colonial um, a thought that has existed throughout many uh, instances throughout history of, oh, you know, I want to help the palestinians we want to have justice for the palestinians but you know if they have their their state they're just gonna you know end up uh killing each other or or something like that well that's not they're they're killing them now they were Mm -hmm. killing black south Mm -hmm. africans Mm -hmm. in apartheid directly then um so so projecting to this future of civil war on and chaos or these groups not fighting with each other i think that's um not, not a correct way of, of looking at that conflict. And we've seen throughout history that most of the times when when these things get resolved, it's resolved peacefully. And there's a somewhat of a lasting peace after that. And I just want to, um, r- real quick, go back to something that you said, Dr. Uh, Holyfield, about oh. what we can do to stop this, what we can do in terms of uh, protesting, uh, speaking out. And um, we have to look back to how um, people in um in America Aided the the South Africans and the, and the Vietnamese oh, yeah. people and in, in their struggle, well, um, they also
1: the aided. South <laughs> Africa would not
0: be uh, liberated. Um, oh. so pardon? I
1: said they also they also aided apartheid um, too. <laughs> but we'll 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 get back to that on another. No, Sunday. no, no, they uh, did, they did. Hold your thoughts, though. Let me let I me mean, hold your thoughts. For, for sure. it's time I'm to take a break. It's time, have... Wait a minute, hold your thoughts. I'll get right back okay. to you in a few seconds take a quick break.
0: Views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and contributors, and not necessarily those of WFSU Public Media.
1: Just tuning in, the program is 411-TEEN. I had to brutally interrupt you. But continue your thoughts, what you were saying. You might want to start it all over again because I kept saying, hold your thoughts, hold your thoughts. Okay?
0: Okay, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know exactly when it cut out. And, and you're totally good, though. You don't have to uh, apologize. But, but yeah, just um not speaking about the institutions of the U.S., because obviously institutionally yeah. um, we uh, uh, aided apartheid South Africa. Mm-hmm. And we directly... You know, fought a war in, in Vietnam to keep the, the people from being liberated. But in terms of the progressive people in, in the US, okay. the student movement, uh, the anti war movement, um, we uh, um, did a lot to help uh, uh, and stand in solidarity with these people in these different struggles. Okay. And even though that the, the the struggle might seem immense in Palestine, Just like it was in these other uh, countries, Um, every individual person in the U.S. has a lot of uh, power to change these things, and it starts on a very small level. So, you know, we encourage every any student listening to this in a university to um, join progressive uh, students who support Palestine, um, anti-war groups like SDS. And uh, it just as an example, in, in our university, we have uh, demands that we're making uh, for the university to change its policies and, and stop supporting the state of Israel. Many universities have contracts uh, with um, uh, uh, companies like Boeing mm-hmm. um, that build the bombs that are dropped on the Palestinians. And Florida State is, is one of those universities. So. Um, We as SDS are demanding that Florida State cut all ties with Boeing. Many universities have student groups that support Israel. Um, We have at Florida State groups like uh, Halal and Shabbat that go on birthright trips to Israel, which um, increases the rate of displacement um, in the West Bank, increases the the theft of Palestinians' uh, homes. Uh, increases the rate of illegal settlers and so forth. So we're demanding that Florida state stop um, programs from the university itself or student groups that facilitate this theft of Palestinian land. And we're just demanding also a simple statement from our university president, Richard McCullough, that acknowledges Palestinian death and loss and sympathy with that. There was a statement that was released uh In early October, that only mentioned Israelis uh, who are killed or injured. Didn't mention anything about Palestinians, and we've seen um, you know over twenty thousand at a minimum Palestinian deaths, nine thousand children, and the university has said nothing, um, nothing sympathetic with those people, nothing expressing sympathy to Palestinian students, nothing expressing sympathy with. Muslim or Arab students when we're seeing a, a rise in Islamophobia and anti-Arab sentiment. And and these are our demands. And any um, person who's listening to this can start an organization or join an organization and um, push for um, uh, peace and push for uh, their university and their community to cut ties with Israel as it's carrying out this genocide.
1: What has been the response? Have you... Um approach President McCullough concerning these?
4: Yes, uh, we took these demands um, and we meant to present them at the board of the previous board of trustees meeting mm-hmm. in November okay. um, during their public comment segment. Um, and when we got to the board of trustees meeting, we were met with uh, FSUPD telling us that public comment had already happened. And this was uh, negating what we had heard previously that public comment would no matter what be at 3 pm so that everybody uh students and faculty members could have their voices heard um during the board of trustees meeting. so despite being told that um the board of uh, the public comment would start at three pm uh we were told oh, it's already over and um we, We had shown up to present our uh, to present those demands that Elijah just listed out, Um, and so we entered the meeting and uh, silently waved uh, Palestinian flags and then. um, At a moment that was meant for questions we began asking questions of the university, why are you. why do you have partnerships with Boeing, which constructs um weapons of war that's kill- that are killing Palestinians? Why do you allow organizations on campus that uh facilitate this uh continued um settler colonial project of Israel? And why uh why we specifically asked President McCullough why he couldn't reissue a statement um that acknowledged uh Palestinians um and their suffering and not just Palestinians in Palestine, but also we have mm-hmm. uh you know, a good Palestinian population on our campus uh-huh. and in Tallahassee, and they're suffering too. They see their loved ones being uh killed and injured, uh, and they can do nothing about it. So we wanted uh President McCullough to acknowledge those demands. And by shifting the public comment, we saw that as an attempt to silence our voices. Um, and we went in there and we did not want to go away quietly. But um since then uh as we mentioned earlier uh, members of our organization and our organization as a whole have received uh notices of code of conduct violations from the university um we see this as another attempt to silence student activists um it wasn't enough to shut us out of public comment now they have to um threaten or uh you know try to um shut down our entire organization
1: Um, excuse me for interrupting but what what are your code of conduct violations? What have you done? I mean, here we go talking about freedom of speech. I mean, what have you done? How have you violated code of conduct? Because I don't know, and the listening audience doesn't know, what are these violations? Or did they tell you?
4: Uh, Yeah, they did tell us. Um, We went through all of them, and they're completely bogus. Um they're filled with falsehoods. Uh the entire email is filled with falsehoods about our organization. Oh. Um so one of the violations that was cited was that we refused to comply with police orders to leave, um which is not true. As soon as we started uh asking questions and making um and chanting with our organization, we immediately began leaving the uh the hall oh. that the board of trustees meeting was held in. Um, uh another another one of the violations was that we um, entered without permission, which also is not true. The FSUPD allowed us to enter um the building. Um, and so we we see those uh, code of conduct violations as completely slanderous. Um, and really, it's just an attempt to intimidate us into being silent on the issue of Palestine and the ethnic cleansing that Israel is doing of Palestinians. Okay.
1: Other
2: comments? Yeah, um, I want to especially, you know, press one more time, you know, our three demands, because they're not uh, so far fetched. You know, I think um, people who are concerned about this issue think that it might be too large for them to tackle, but actually, just today, you know, um, one of the main targets of the boycott, divest, sanctions, BDS campaign, uh, Puma, actually, they were being targeted by the BDS campaign, you know, and asked to divest from Israel because they sponsored the Israeli soccer team, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Which, you know, has practices and and facilities in illegal Israeli settlements and displaces Palestinians. Um, Puma actually dropped their sponsorship or canceled their sponsorship with the Israeli team today. And oh. that's a campaign that's been going on for four or five years, right? Okay. In wake of everything that's been going on, that sponsorship was canceled. So I think, um, you know, people like approach us and ask, oh, well, how, how, can we do anything? You know, should we call our representatives? Mm-hmm. Like, should we just post about it online? Um, and the truth is that, with enough pressure, we can accomplish these things, right? Puma is a multinational corporation that makes millions mm-hmm. of dollars every year. Mm-hmm. if 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 activists manage to pressure them to drop their campaign, we can absolutely win our demands at FSU, right? And mm-hmm. our demands are very simple. We want a divestment from Boeing, which actively, you know, creates weapons that kill Palestinians. We want a divestment from birthright, you know, because it encourages the illegal settlement of Palestinian land. And we want President McCullough to apologize for calling Palestinians barbarians Mm. and monsters, you know, and for not recognizing the 20,000 plus people who've died as a result of this conflict. You know, it's uh, manufacturing consent for genocide, him not speaking up and claiming to have uh, unconditional support for Israel um, they're very simple demands. And I think we're seeing every day with more and more people joining the movement that we can absolutely win our demands. It's just a matter of being consistent and, you know, spreading our message on platforms like these. So, you know, one thousand thank yous to you for letting us on here to be able to to share this message.
1: Well, I think we, we should hear you have a right to, to at least express where you're coming from. Um, And this whole idea of shutting out any type of opposition, shutting out anybody that verbalizes a different point of view, doesn't accomplish anything. I mean, it it, it really skews what's going on. I mean, just because you don't agree with somebody, do you, you tell them they can't talk? They can't say where they're coming from. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's all I can say. It's, it's a, a bit concerning, to say the least, that that is the way that we are handling it. I don't like what you say, so, you know, you know freedom of speech is good as long as you don't say the wrong thing or say too much, right? Right? That I mean, that seems like that's what we're operating under. So, are you all getting grief just being members of SDS? What's happening on campus?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as our other, you know, as it's already been mentioned, we've been hit with these mm-hmm. um, code of conduct violations, not just at the organizational level, but you know, uh, individuals that were there. And and even someone that wasn't there, (laughs) which is interesting. And uh, it's definitely a a tactic to try to silence free speech on campus, because honestly, um, those violations are patently false. The the biggest thing they're hinging on is that we didn't uh, listen to law enforcement when there's Video evidence of us leaving as soon as we're instructed to, and so it's really about, you know, stifling student protests, and we're seeing this all around the country. Right, the campuses have been cracking down on pro-Palestine protests, and even in the greater community, police have been cracking down on on these protests. Uh, we're we're a few months in, and and we're at the point where the people in power are getting annoyed. With, with how much people are demonstrating and how much people are fighting for, for these demands that uh, the repression has just intensified. But um, I think that shows we're working. We've gotten a whole lot of support on campus for, you know, supporting Palestine. We've also, we've definitely gotten grief <laughs> from mm-hmm. students and like Zionist organizations. But honestly, I've never seen so much support for what we're doing and, you know, we just have to keep, keep going.
1: Does the organization, um, what is it? Students for Justice in Palestine still exist there on campus? Are they still active or, I mean, are are they defunct? What's happening
3: with them? Do you know? I do. I do believe they're defunct. Uh, they're not like officially listed anymore. I don't believe. And, uh, I just they haven't done anything this semester in, in FSU so I I'm pretty sure they're defunct at this point which leaves us as as really the only you know campus organization pushing um opposition to to what Israel's doing mm-hmm. and uh, you know fighting for for Palestinian rights
1: that's that was my next question because if they if they are no longer there then it it's only your group sds that has taken a position are there any other groups that are supportive besides you
4: yeah um okay within tallahassee Uh um there is uh the tallahassee community action committee has Uh been planning um Mm -hmm. events. uh, One as recent as uh, this Saturday, um, where uh, about 150 people came out um, in support of Palestine. And uh, a couple months ago, right around when, um, like shortly after October 7th, um, the Freedom Road Socialist Organization in Tallahassee um, put on an event uh, in solidarity with Palestine. So it's not just SDS. Uh, Thankfully, there are organizations around the community that have um that have been you know holding events uh to denounce the US aid to Israel and the continued uh settler colonial project known as Israel. Um and thankfully we we have had um support from other student organizations. Um SDS has you know mm-hmm. worked with uh Student Farm Worker Alliance and um Tallahassee Food Not Bombs um We've had co-sponsorships from Planned Parenthood, Gen Action on campus, um, and of course the um, Muslim Student Union um, has supported us as well. So we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of support for this, and thankfully it isn't just us um, mm-hmm. within Tallahassee. Um, we are leading—I would say we are leading the charge on campus, but um, there are other groups within Tallahassee that are also making moves.
1: Are there any events in this last minute before we close that the listening audience needs to be aware of that are forthcoming?
3: Tomorrow, uh, I believe at 6 p.m.,
2: Uh Joelle, the program oh. won't air till Sunday. Yeah, this it doesn't oh,
3: air oh, until oh my God. Sunday. No, you're so it, right. Actually, a, you know,
1: yeah, this is Thursday <laughs> I'm for listening. Andy, <laughs> oh. You know, hey, the number of deaths will have changed by the time it airs. I can't keep up with them. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> this does not air until Sunday. But anything beyond that that, we need, that you can think of? I'm just thinking that, you know, you can get the word out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If you want to... You know, we can't say the room number exactly yet, Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, as SDS, we meet every Monday on campus uh, as soon as the semester starts. So not that very first week, but that second week of class right after syllabus week, we usually have our first meeting of the semester and we meet every Monday at 5 p.m. Okay. Uh, We always post the room on our social media, which is at F-S-U-S-D-S, Students for a Democratic Society. So at FSU, well, time SDS at, on
1: instagram and twitter okay. it's Mondays time at out 5. It. we are running out of time it is time out um this is dr liz hollyfield i've been talking with members of the sds students for democratic society at fsu my sincere thanks to you for your time and your shared information um, i extend to you an open invitation to my listening audience tune in next week same time same place to get the 411 on 411-TEAM. 411-TEAM was produced by Dr. Liz Hollyfield. Technical assistance was provided by Evan Rossi. If you would like to participate in the 411-TEAM or have suggestions for discussion topics, call 850-645-7200. You can listen to previous episodes of 411-TEAM at wfsu.org.